Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today, we are talking about Pinot Grigio. And Pinot Gris. We are talking about that white grape varietal. Yeah, it's a a, a, a split personality grape. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> probably the best way to put it. A split personality grape. Yeah, so uh, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. At the moment, for recording this episode, we are drinking a Heresy Pinot Grigio 2017. Yeah, it's it's uh, quite an interesting smell. It smells very fresh compared to a lot of other wines I've had. It's uh, 2017, you said? 2017, yes. Yeah, and it the 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 smell is quite bitey. Yeah, I it's. Um, I mean, Grigios tend to be fresh and. Uh, Acidic, definitely smells acidic, and uh, quite fruity. And it certainly has that fruity fragrance to it. It's got a very fruity nose. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not sure I like this one, but that's all right. Um. Yeah. It. it it's everything Mickle just described. It's it's bitey. It's fragrant. It's fruity, but it's really whiny. It's got that really stereotypical wine taste. Right, so while uh, initial thoughts are that it's fruity, crisp, fresh, but very heavily acidic, I think that potentially, from from what I've heard about this variety, it benefits from breathing. Hmm. So if we leave it sit for a while and uh, tell the good people more about what the Pinot grape variety is then uh, potentially when we come back to it, we may find ourselves enjoying it more. Very true. And potentially because we were taking photos earlier, it might have had the chance to warm up and Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris benefit from being colder. Yes. And yeah, it is uh, warm weather here still. Mm, Still. (laughs) So the uh, Pinot Gris or Grigio, the Pinot Gris grape varietal, is uh, it's a white wine grape thought by some to be a mutant clone of the Pinot Noir variety, mainly based on its skin color being a, a bluish gray, though that can vary in hue to much lighter tones. Mm. And it's well, it is, isn't it? It's a well, it's a variety of the Pinot. Great. It's, it's a variety of the Pinot grape, which, yeah, does mean that technically it's related to the Pinot Noir grape, but mm. it's not a clone of Pinot Noir per se. No, or a, a mutation of that. Um, it's de- definitely definitely looks similar, and you could be forgiven for confusing it. Well, c- forgiven for seeing the similarities of Pinot Noir or Pinot Blanc. Yeah, and um, I mean, the wines look sort of similar as well. That It produces wines that vary in colour from uh, deep golden yellow to copper and uh, even light pinkish shades. Hmm, well this one is a very light green colour. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, well... It's, uh, it's, it's a golden colour. Mid... Really, if we... If like you... a, a straw? Yeah. Yeah, when we uh, lift it off the blue surface of the table (laughs) and 
and look at it away from that. Yes, it's more of a golden sort of straw color. But uh, interesting thing about the uh, Pinot Gris grape variety is that it's one of the more popular varieties for uh, skin contact wines, which um, involves fermenting the wine with the skins on. Mm. And it's, um, yeah, so the, the varietal is, of course, growing around the world with the fuller-bodied French and lighter-bodied Italian styles being the best known, and these days basically the only ones Yeah, that people really pay attention to from that. Now, the French or Alsatian style, because of the region that it comes from in France, is uh, often duplicated in New World wine-producing regions like the Marlborough region of New Zealand or the uh, Australian wine regions of Tasmania and South Australia. Mm. And uh, it tends to have a moderate to low acidity with a higher alcohol content and an almost oily texture with uh, flavors that range from botrytis, uh, noble rot, so a, a a fungal flavor almost. What? Right through to tropical fruit notes of uh, melon and mango. Hmm. So huge varieties in um, of flavor just in just in the Gris style. Yeah, and the, there's no obviously we've said there's no difference between the two between the grapes used in the two different styles of wines, but they are they are grown slightly differently. Yes, same, same grape, but the Gris is the the Alsatian, the French version is usually picked later. Yeah, and of course the region it's grown in, as with a number of wines, the climate makes a difference to the flavor. But in this one, instead of it just being the same, considered to be the same wine, but with a different flavor because of the region, they consider it to be a different wine. Because, uh, yeah, the, the Italian style... Sorry, yeah, the... Did I say the Pinot Gris should be picked later? Yeah, the, the Gris yeah. is picked later, yes. Yeah. The, just making sure the, I was right. Yeah, because the, the Grigio <laughs> is usually harvested early yeah. to maintain the uh, acidity and sugar levels... Mm-hmm. Of of the grapes, and uh, reduce some of the overt fruitiness that tends to come with the variety, making for a more neutral and refreshing profile. Yeah, with versus the the Pinot Gris, which it tends to have more of a, a textured, complex, silky, and luscious flavor of wine. But you're right, though. We definitely should have let this breathe a bit more because it's much much nicer than it was on first sip. Yeah, so now after only you know, a few minutes... Ten, ten minutes? Of, ...of being left to breathe, it's a, it's a different wine. Yeah. It, it doesn't have that bite in the back end anymore. The mouthfeel is significantly more pleasant. It still has this, the same smell. Yeah, the, the notes are definitely the same. And the uh, I'd say the, the best parts of the flavour that we got early remained, but there's more coming in behind it now. It's, it's not, And it's not as bitey. Yeah. Like, it, it was very sort of acid-forward before. Yeah, I, I think now that we've left it sit, we're, we're starting to get more of the refreshing nature that we're told to expect from this variety of wine. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it could definitely have benefited from being a little cooler. Yes, it definitely <laughs> could have benefited from being a little cooler. But, um, yeah, so the Pinot Grigio, of course, is... Um, also grown in, uh, it's actually grown in some old world regions, old world wine regions that didn't originally grow it in Germany. 
they Germany. actually grow it, though they have a different name for it over there. Yeah, um, it's almost unpronoun- unpronounceable. Well, for I, me. I'm, I didn't even bother writing it down because oh, I didn't want to murder the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, I think the best we can get is Grauburgunder. Grauburgunder. Uh, yeah, they they have they call it that. Yeah. And but, um, it, it is also growing in New World wine regions like the Australian regions of Victoria, South Australia, New South Wales, and Tasmania. Well, interesting you should mention South Australia, because that's where our top drop is from. Yes. The uh, Adelaide Hills region, to be precise. Yeah. The... Not that one. That one. Yeah, the the Marley Farm Adelaide Hills Pinot Gris. 2018 vintage, believe it or not. Yeah, and well, I, I would because uh, Pinot Gris is uh, actually considered an early to market wine, hmm. one that you can ferment and then have it bottled and out to market within four to 12 weeks after the fermentation process is what? complete. So it, it doesn't really need to sit in age at all Wow! before you can wow. sell it. Far out. Um, th- <laughs> that still blows my mind because... Normally, the older the wine, the better. Yeah, and whereas these, you wouldn't even want to... Like, even this one that we're drinking now is a 2017, and in ideal white wine cellaring conditions, we wouldn't want to keep it past 2022. Mm. Um, so, the the Marley Farm Adelaide Hills Pinot Gris is a medium-bodied wine. The, uh, the listing notes say... Pure fresh pear and effusive melon and apricot on the nose and fresh floral scents weaving their way across the white fruit spectrum. Just like biting into a fresh pear, more nashy than other varieties, slightly chilled of course, crisp and fine, surprisingly soft considering the zingy start and following tight finish. Mm, It certainly sounds interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, definitely sounds like it was worthy of the uh, gold medal at the Sydney International Wine Competition this year. Yeah. We picked this one because it's won won an award so recently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's only just 2019 at the time of recording this, you know. We're not even two full months in. Mm, And it's already won an award. And it's already won an award. For a wine that was produced last year. Yeah, for yeah, last year's vintage. So yeah, we picked this one because it should still be there should there should still be plenty of stock available. Yes, it should definitely still be available. And uh we found that our favourite bottle shop had it for about twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah. Which is expensive for wine, but that's why it's our top drop. Yeah, exactly, because it's expensive, but it sounds like it's worth it. Mm. It sounds and nice. We're certainly gonna see if we can find it. Mm. Stay tuned on our Facebook or Instagrams. Yeah. And uh, so now let's pop back into talking about the wine style, because uh, the interesting thing about the regions, as we mentioned before, is that climate makes a difference. But you may have noticed that um, in both Tasmania and South Australia, they we mentioned that they produce Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio, now, what I didn't mention in the Pinot Gris list previously is Victoria, where they also produce both, but in a very different way. Mm. Yeah, they do it slightly differently. We were, we were having this discussion before we started recording, and I'm still annoyed. Yeah, because apparently 
some, and I'm, I'm not going to throw out a blanket, all winemakers in Victoria, <laughs> but apparently some winemakers in Victoria who grow the variety just harvest it whenever and make the wine and then have a sampling of it and decide based on the flavor profile whether it's a Gris or a Grigio. Mm. And I don't know if that's the right way to do it because then you get things like things that should taste like this are called this even though it might that might not have been the case. Yeah. It like, it, it detracts from the spirit of the of why it's called what it is. Yeah, if if you weren't but I, I guess it's not like they were setting out to make a Gris and they made a Grigio. They were setting out to make wine. <laughs> yeah. They went, well, this one's a Gris. That one's a Grigio. That one that <laughs> one tastes like a, a Gris, so let's call it that. Yeah. yeah I, no, it, I it disagree. Seems, it seems odd. It seems almost like uh, a dice roll methodology for making, mm. for making wine. Like it's going to, because they've chosen a variety, I guess they've chosen a variety that has a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Because they they shouldn't really be able to mess it up. It's going to turn out as one or the other. Mm. I it comes across as the that they're doing it just to make a profit. Yeah, potentially, but I, I guess as well because Victoria is one of those regions where the weather varies quite significantly, mm. and the Gris needs the cooler climates, and the Grigio prefers a more temperate climate and of course altitude makes a difference so depending on what the weather does at the time that they're growing the grapes could i guess have a strong effect on what they end up producing mm. and they have no control over that but the the pinot gris and pinot grigio are becoming so much more popular so i can see why more well some wineries are choosing this tactic to make it because now that you know, it's been out for a while now, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the variety was introduced to Australia in 1832. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been around for a little while. It's been out for a while, a few weeks, a few centuries. <laughs> um, but now, like in the last maybe 10 years, the, the plantings of the grape have outstripped the Vonier, Videlo, Musket, Columbard, Riesling, and Semillon types of grapes mm, and i've got to say that i understand it when it's something where you can grow it harvest it ferment it then work out what you're trying to make. and yeah, yeah. And, well then work out what you're trying to make but also then have it on market mm. within two months yeah that's it yeah, um, so they can turn over they can literally turn over a new vintage every year from the same vineyard mm. with mm. You know, basically the year after they start up, they can be selling a wine. Whereas other wines... They take a bit longer. You need to... You start up, you grow the grapes, you have to let them come to full maturity, and then you've got to barrel them and sit on them for a while mm. before you actually bottle it and sell it. Yeah, which blows me... Blows my mind how whiskey makers can... Good whiskey makers can make or can make a profit because it's it's a five-year investment at, yeah. at a minimum. Like how they can, yeah, start a distillery knowing that they're not going to see any positive turnover at all for years. Yeah. And, like, you, you'd want to hope it tastes good after 
after five years. Yeah, because how, how could you be sure before you've yeah right done it right? Yeah. So the the popularity of Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris is just blowing everyone's minds because it's just come out of nowhere since the eighties. Um, why? Uh, yeah, in the 80s, a, a burst of enthusiasm for the, the bright Italian-style wines led to vast plantings in the wrong er- areas that were overcropped, picked too early, and made into high-acid, flavorless Pinot Grigios. Tasters uncertain about recognizing Pinot Grigio were encouraged to look for what was not there rather than what was. If it doesn't taste like, if it doesn't taste like anything, it's pr- probably Pinot Grigio. Uh, and, you know, wine writers of the time were trying to put a positive spin on Pinot Grigio, talking of its purity, like pure water or pure spirit, basically no flavor. Whereas, of course, as we know from the Pinot Grigio we're drinking now, that's not what it's supposed to be. That, that is definitely it's not the case. It's supposed to be subtle and crisp and fresh. Mm. Mm. But I mean, the flavors are definitely there and they're supposed to be there. And now they've really turned it around and realized where they should be growing, when they should be harvesting. Yeah. To make sure that they get a variety that tastes the way it's supposed to. Mm. I mean, the um, to, to revisit the heresy Pinot Grigio that we're drinking now, the uh, winemaker is uh, Kevin McCarthy, who has actually been making Pinot Grigio for 29 years. Hmm. So he knows his stuff. Yeah, he, he's considered to be the king of Pinot Grigio in Victoria. Like a, a wine heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he and his wife are both winemakers hmm. who, as uh, I'm led to believe, met making wine. Oh, wow. And still make wine, moved to... The moved to Adelaide Hills? No, South Australia? Moved to the Mornington Peninsula area of Victoria. Oh, wow. Deciding that the climate and altitude there were perfect for Pinot Grigio, and that was the place to set up to make the best Pinot Grigios in Australia. Hmm. And that's what they did. That's what they did. And got to admit, it's it's pretty good. I find this grape and wine variety fascinating because it can be a lot of things. It can, this one grape turns into two different styles with ease, not just depending on where it's grown, like a Shiraz or a, um, uh, a Sauvignon Blanc, um, but depending on when it's picked. Yeah, and because normally they would still consider it to be the same wine, but with just with different flavor profiles. Yeah. But this one grape becomes such vastly different flavor profiles based on where it's grown and when it's picked mm. that they've actually happily labeled it as two completely different things. Well, not completely. Yeah. It's still got Pinot in the name. Well, it's, the, the the names are even still the same thing. They're just yeah. the different languages, different translations of the same grape. Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously the, the Pinot in the name, same as with Pinot Noir, actually comes from the shape of the bunch looking similar to a pine cone. Mm. But with Pinot meaning basically pinecone. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, the the Grigio and the Gris uh Well, the Gris is a t- is the Gris is French for grape. Yeah. And the well for for that grape. And Grigio is Italian 
and the because of the two obviously the french were going to sell it as the pinot gris and then when it was exported elsewhere it became known as a, a pinot gris when the Italians did the same thing, even though it was the same grape, because it has such a, a vastly different flavor, and because it was picked differently, it was, at first, first impression was that it was a completely different wine. Yeah, that, that it was something entirely different, because mm. they'd made it so differently. Yeah, different region and different time of picking. Yeah. And now the different times of picking are creating, or not creating, um, falling into those categories of the different wines yeah if people deciding do we let it mature and get a gris or do we do an early harvest and get a grigio Mm. and is the area where we're growing it going to lend itself better to an early harvest or a late harvest exactly so i think it's going to be a short one this time guys just because a lot of the history of pinot grigio and pinot gris is entwined with the basic history of white wine in europe and Although we like to revisit things occasionally, um, this time we're going to encourage you to listen to our previous white wine episodes. Yeah, so it wasn't that long ago that we did one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did a blind taster uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, well, it's absolutely. Now. Mm, a little uh, while back, but still about white wine. Yeah. And uh, certainly, I think if there's anything that you take out of this, it should probably be that if you get a Pinot Gris or a Pinot Grigio, make sure you let it breathe. Mm. before you start drinking it because i think the the freshness and the newness of it the fact that it hasn't really had a chance to sit before they bottled it means it needs to breathe before Mm. you can really get into it Mm -hmm. makes sense to me so if you like what you heard we'd love you to subscribe to us if you haven't already Uh, you can find us on apple podcasts uh, podbean or your favourite podcast app. We are A Good Drop, all about alcohol. And uh, we're on the socials as A Good Drop Podcast. Yeah, we're on Facebook or Instagram. If you'd uh, like to comment on this episode, give us ideas for new episodes, say something to us about previous episodes, or just tell us... Say hi. Yeah, say hi. Then you can shoot us an email at agooddrop at gmail.com. Hmm. And if you want to share a particular episode with somebody or um, check out previous episodes, you can find us on our website, agooddrop.com.au. What are we talking about next week? Yes, so uh, next time, people um, who want to start drinking a certain variety of alcohol that their friends love, but they just haven't acquired the taste for it yet, should certainly tune in when we talk about a good place to start at acquiring a taste for particular kinds of alcohol. Yeah. Beginner basics. Yeah. Because although we've talked a lot about alcohol and what it is, or a particular kind of alcohol and what it is, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating when you see 47 different craft beers in front of you, both in glass bottles, in uh, tinnies, or cans rather. Uh, So we're going to break it down and make it easier for you. Yeah, and tell you what's a good place to start if you've never drunk that before. Hmm. Not necessarily beer, of course. Was, a, well, that was just an example. Yeah, it was an example. It's we're, we're going broad. We're going to talk about as much as we can fit into an episode. Yeah, we're going to jam pack it full of tasty, boozy goodness. Uh, so, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you hanging around. Yeah. So, until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>